Welcome to Coffee Bites Espresso Shot, your bi-weekly refresher of tech news, tips, and insights into the ones drinking the coffee. I'm Miles, and this is Sam. And on today's episode, or this week's episode, this bi-weekly episode, we're going to be talking about our own systems and processes for creating the coffee that helps fuel this show. What are you drinking today, Sam? I have cracked into the new shipment of beans. Um, I kind of got caught up on some beans. I won't lie to you. Spread the wealth a little bit um, because I was getting majorly behind with uh, our coffee subscription. So I offloaded some and uh, now I actually have the freedom to crack into the new bag. And I'm drinking the Conglon Lot 1, Yep, I believe, the orange bag we got this month. That's what I'm doing also. The bag advertises hints of mango, almond, and florals. I think that the, the labeling on the bag is a tiny deceptive, but... It's a very, very interesting taste profile. I'd say as far as uh, a lot of the other ones we've gotten have had this sort of standardized on being these bright, very flavorful, very complex notes. This one fits in there. I don't know what it is exactly since this is my first shot of it. Um, I'd have to do another one later to really dial in on what it is, but it just has a slightly different taste, at least from my perspective. I can't nail down what it is, though. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I actually do kind of taste the mango a little bit on the back, the back end of the the taste. But again, kind of like the Palto last couple weeks, it's a little almond heavy, in my opinion. Not too tracked from it. I actually quite like the taste of almonds, but um, feels like it's a little heavier than the other flavors that it was advertised. Yeah, I want to... We'll see with the blend the other week's one to see if there is that almond also, because it could just be a consistent thing where there is that slight almond undertone. So I think that'll be an interesting thing to uh, sort of assess, figure out what's going on there. I'm excited for the other bag um, because it is a three ships blend, kind of like North Star was a three ships blend. It's if, very uh, good. I'm not mistaken. Yep. Versus it being a single origin. So we don't actually, I don't even know what the flavors, the flavor profile for Tiger Whisker is. It just is a really cool looking bag and I'm excited. to. I have a, I have week. a Tiger Whisker shirt. I love it. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I have like almost every single shirt that Three Ships has made. You definitely have the luxury of living close to Three Ships. Anyway, we have an exciting topic today. Miles, you wanted to go over our history with coffee a little bit as well as your routine for pulling your perfect espresso shot. Yeah. So I, I think that you could break it down. The, the breakdown of that is that there's that two sections. There's the history and then there's the own little how you pull your own shot. I think if we want to just nail it down, we separate those two because if they get combined, you lose a little bit of each one. So my history with coffee, I kn- for those who know that there is a hidden episode of Coffee Bites before it was Coffee Bites where we went over this a little bit more in detail. <laughs> um, my history with coffee started off with me absolutely despising espresso. Uh, I would go to get coffee with my dad at three ships when I was in high school. And every di- time I went, I get a cold brew, iced cold brew. And I'd be like, yeah, this is the greatest thing ever. Get a little cream, a little milk in it, and I love the flavors. I would go to Starbucks after school if my sister wanted to, and I get like I I still do this because I there it's a guilty pleasure pleasure like the the caramel frappuccino. It's just pure sugar and pure caffeine at the same time. Mm. Love it. <laughs> it's not coffee. It's just sugar with a the, the back hint of coffee. Yeah. So I started off not really appreciating coffee for this really complex drink that could have in depth flavors. The real turning point. I've been sort of trying to nail down when this turning point came. Uh, was when I was in Athens with my family. And Athenian coffee is essentially dirt. Like That is the best way to describe it. And uh, I had some of that. And then I realized, oh my God, black coffee that's slightly hot is amazing. And because of that, when I went back to Three Ships the next time, I decided, hey, I'm not going to try the iced cold brew. I'm going to try something else. And my dad had always been getting macchiatos and espressos every time. So I'm like, I'll try this out. 
the first one I had almost took my socks off. I'm like, what on earth did I just consume? This is foul. Yeah. Because espresso, if you haven't had a, a real espresso for our viewers, the flavor can sometimes be a bit of a punch in the mouth. So it startled me, but I decided maybe it's the first time I'll try it again later. I'll try a macchiato which is a little bit softer. It has some steamed milk on top of it. Mm. No milk inside, but steamed milk on top. Sort of cuts it a little bit. Uh, so I tried that, and I found it to be much more of a pleasurable drinking experience. And uh, from there, it's gone from the I'll go with my dad to a near-on addiction to finding the, the best espresso for myself. And that's the, that's the really condensed, short, four-and-a-half-minute journey from cold brew and Starbucks to obsessed over espresso. Uh, what about you, Sam? You know, my coffee history has been a little bit different as well. Kind of like in the same boat as you, where I never enjoyed coffee at all growing up. Um, we didn't really go, we didn't go out a lot. So uh, a lot of the coffee experience I have was my parents making their coffee in the morning because my, my family is very routine oriented. Every single morning before school, my parents would be up at like 5.30. I mean, honestly, because we like a household of five kids, that was only the only time that they could have like to themselves. Um, so they'd be up at like 5 or 5.30. And that coffee pot, I mean, ever since I was a kid, younger than I remember, that would be like what I'd be waking up to is the sound of like the drip machine, like hitting that empty, you know, like when a drip machine runs out of yeah. water when it's finished making oh, a yeah. pot, it has that kind of like hissing noise. That was kind of like an alarm clock for a while. As I got older, I think probably in high school, I actually started to drink said coffee and my parents, my parents would almost exclusively drink kind of like a play on a mocha where it'd just be like the black coffee with sugar, chocolate syrup. And we had this carton of what was called like mocha mix and it was like a creamer, but it kind of had some, some flavor in it. And the biggest thing is that it was non-dairy because my, my mother is fully allergic to, uh, whey products. So we could like no, no butter no milk, no cheese, nothing. So we had like non-dairy creamer, non-dairy. And this, I think, was their, their non-dairy creamer of choice. And put all together, this actually made a really nice mocha-esque cup of coffee. And so I grew up drinking that. So it was very heavily doctored, very like kind of mm. pretty sugary, very tasty, actually. Um, I think it wasn't until I started, I think probably when I went to college, I still brought that kind of with me. Whereas I would put hot chocolate mix into my coffee in the, oh, in, I still do uh, that. the cafeteria. Dude, that, I do that's, that all a, the time. that's a hard play sometimes. Like that just goes hard sometimes. Sometimes it, it hits different. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like I would switch. I switched to like just milk and sugar because, you know, that was ch the cheaper way to get coffee at, say, like a Starbucks. Um, and then I think from there, my <laughs> my journey with black coffee started when I began my uh, internship summer of 2021 uh because the people i worked with during that time exclusively drank black coffee because we had a drip machine in our little office space and uh so that's what we do me and one of my guys i worked with friend, a good friend now uh, his name is andrew we would put down probably a pot of coffee between the two of us per day if not like two sometimes like we drink a lot of coffee that's the it coffee addiction coming in there oh yeah dude oh yeah so we like really enjoyed our coffee binges <laughs> we drank a lot of coffee and i know the funny story i'd always like make fun of him because like when he got to work, he'd come with a thermos and he'd already be on like cup two or three. And then we put a pot on and get the pot done. I'm like, ooh, man, we're it, like going bad. hard. You don't realize how bad it is sometimes until you look back. You're like, I consumed way too much coffee during this span of time. Yeah. And it's like at, at some way, we're obviously not doing it for the flavor because it's just black coffee, dark roast black coffee. But like, I don't know if it's something about like the first cup I feel like is just for energy. And then the rest of it is just kind of like 
just have something to do you know like just like can i keep your arm moving while you're like typing yeah, and working it, on stuff it's like a, a sugar pill for uh, for attention sometimes you're like okay i'm sort drinking of, yeah. the coffee it, it just, i'm gonna it just stay keeps focused you, it keeps it going but senior year which is when we became friends i say regrettably yeah. and i only mean that by like regrettably we only became friends in senior year. Like I wish I we had. Been I, I know your the entire four years worry. of college. That would have been pretty banger if we had. Dude, we could have gotten started been... in college if we had started oh hanging, out, hanging out freshman year. Freshman year, I was too busy breaking windows. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was too say, busy yeah. breaking dorm windows. You know, falling down. Yeah, we should we should have we should have an espresso shot episode some like someday about like just like the stupid college stories we have. Champlain would come and hunt me down if I said that. Dude, go ahead, man. They love me, and they only love me because Danny was on the marketing team. But regardless <laughs> of the fact. Um, <laughs> uh, so you introduced me to espresso because we were playing Dungeons and Dragons, and you would bring espresso by my house, my house, my apartment all the time, and you'd have those kick-ass little cups where like they're insulated inside. Yeah. They're so cool. And we would drink espresso, and I thought it tasted really bad. And then it started to kind of grow on me because you kept giving it to me for free, and I wasn't gonna say no to free coffee. It is a weird Stockholm with espresso. I don't know what it is, is. but like at first you don't like it, but then you start to love it. And then all of a sudden you love it. Yeah. And I think espresso is kind of like wine. Danny and I watched did you did you watch there's a there's a Netflix show called Kaleidoscope? I don't really watch much TV. Okay, there's a really funny line in it where like they're trying to scam people into buying like cheap wine for really expensive. And one of the characters makes makes a joke about just like wine tastes like what you tell people it tastes like you know like if you if you're pouring a glass of wine you say oh you know you can taste hints of the lemon and like the cool ocean breeze and you're like wow i can taste the cool ocean breeze it's like no Mm. you can't you're just you're just like your brain is making those associations because you're being told and you're like you can put those things together i feel like espresso is like that a little bit but not as much you know like there actually is those flavors there yeah i i mean i tell you if i took a sip of this i'd be like wow this is really great espresso and then i take a sip of this while reading the bag saying that there's all like almond mango and floral i'm like man i kind of get that mango a little bit well i think that's the reason there's a lot of tasting wheels like if you look in our uh our yeah exactly back in chat i have that tasting wheel up there there are so many things when you started introducing me to that side of it where you're like hey not only is this like really strong coffee but there's so much flavor to unpack and you can like really get like fine-tuned and stuff like that i was like "Ooh, i'm down for this i like this a lot because i was really i i shouldn't say was i'm really into tea and i really like tea for like the process of making the tea i think that's really enjoyable especially now that i don't truly have a lot of time um being able to actually stop and like take the whole process to do something like yeah. that is kind of freeing in a way and now it's kind of like that for coffee because seamlessly flowing into my routine because yeah. i just have a shorter routine <laughs> ever since you got me this subscription at the wedding i've really buckled down i mean i shouldn't say i buckled down because you still are the one that bought me the really expensive grinder which is fantastic dude that thing is a workhorse i love it to i'm death. gonna warn you that that is the entry level of grinders they get way worse oh than I, that. I know i know i saw i have to send you this instagram video i found the other day that was just like man i want to be this guy but it was like some dude set up at the edge of a lake with his dog, just like making an espresso shot. Actually, I think he made a mocha. Oh. But it was just like with like the highest end tools. I mean, I assume they looked really high end. You'd probably be like, oh, no, those are actually like mid tier. But that's just me. Um, So my routine is very simple. I get up. Um, I take the bean. I pick the beans I want. Uh, Two spoons in the grinder. Set grind size to eight. 
because the Alan Core makes it so easy. Grind it till it's a nice powder. And then I use what's called a mocha pot. I think it's an Italian method of making coffee. Um, it's a stovetop percolator machine that kind of uses steam power to make it very compressed into like an espresso-esque shot. I think I saw it online classified as either because I was reading a mocha recipe because I made mochas yesterday, dude killer oh really i made mochas with the depalto absolutely killer but yeah dude it was in, it was freaking incredible but the thing is the recipe actually specifically differentiated between you either can have a you can either put an espresso shot in it or a shot of strong coffee and they they classify the mocha pot as a strong coffee maker not like an espresso because it's not an espresso machine yeah because it's not it's not the it's the pressure i think that's also part of it yeah it's using but pressure I mean, but it's not at the same level of pressure at the end of the day, it cost me 30 bucks. <laughs> so I pack, I fill out the bottom part with water, put the little beans in, screw the top on, put it over the stove. And in about five minutes, I have a shot of coffee poured out into my little, my tiny little espresso cup that matches my big coffee cup and uh, enjoy. Very simple. The whole process takes me like six minutes. It's kind of a quick and easy way of still getting something that takes a little bit of effort and time, you know? It's not like sitting down and doing all of this work, but it's still a rewarding process for a rewarding cup of coffee. Yeah, it's it's a very it's very streamlined with the mocha pot. I feel like my process is a lot more similar to what your uh, your tea process is, where it's like that slow down. Yeah, I have different workflows when I'm making coffee, but the one that I think is the most consistent is my if I'm working from home midday coffee. So around twelve thirty, eleven thirty to twelve fifteen, I will take a break. And I will make myself a cup of coffee. Really specific process. It's been the same for like the past three, four months. And I've just found that mm -hmm. doing this at midday, the 15 minutes, really calms me down in the middle of the day. Helps me reset and refocus back on the work. And I do bet I, I work a lot better for it. Yeah. But the process is like near OCD levels of like steps that I take. Uh, so mm -hmm. for for Sam's for Sam's uh viewing pleasure, there is a visual aid while I talk through it. So. If I'm if I'm not describing part of it properly, he can probably jump in and correct me on it. Yeah. But for me, my process is very simple. Might not be simple to other people, but as far as uh, an espresso machine, it's not a super high end espresso machine, but it's it works for me. And eventually, I will be upgrading it. But right now, I I enjoy the workflow, and I think it works mm -hmm. fine. So uh, I start off, and I before I even pull the shot, I prep all the components. Mm -hmm. I take my microfiber cloth, my razor, my stamp, and my portafilter. I run them all under hot water, wipe them off of my microfiber, make sure they're dry, and I set them aside. I then take my cup that I'm going to use. I have a collection of blue colored, because I love the color blue, uh, cups and saucers, and I will heat it up. So I'll heat the cup up with the espresso machine. I'll not even put the portafilter in, but I run hot water through it. And that will keep my cup up, uh, heat my cup up so that when I pour the coffee into it, the cup's not going to be cold or room temperature and affect that, that, that heat. It just goes mm -hmm. straight into a warm cup. But then I get to the actual making of the espresso process, which is where I get a bit extreme. Uh, yeah. so through this entire thing, I, I, this is where it gets to the, all right, this guy's like borderline insane, but Every time I make this, I, I listen to a specific kind of music. I either listen to Carmen or some other aria from an opera. And I just put that in my headphones and I just play that on like a nice quiet volume in the background. And it just, I don't know what it is, but that flow state that I hit listening to just 
any aria at that time i just move through this process with like a slowness like this isn't a fast process if i'm doing this in midday this is like 15 minutes to do five minutes worth of work i move slow and i move deliberate and it really calms you down but i figure out what grind i'm using so whatever coffee i am using i have a the grinders built into my machine so i've already preset the grind preset the amount and I know exactly what I need for each cup, for each bean that I'm using. Grind that out into the porta filter. I tamp it down once using the tamp, which is in the visual at the bottom right hand corner. That's going to compress the beans to a level. It's going to take these fine ground beans that are piled up in my porta filter, push them down and squeeze them together. I then take my razor to ensure that my my levels are correct. I don't have too much coffee in in the uh, in the porta filter. Mm -hmm. I can tell if I have too much because I've just done it so many times. I sort of feel when I have enough pressure on my tamp. Mm -hmm. I don't actually know exactly how much like I could not describe to someone how much pressure to use. But I know exactly when I've hit it, when I'm just pulling, pushing through with it. Yeah. Check the razor. If there's too much coffee, I'll scrape the little excess off, remove a little bit, and then retamp it down to that right pressure. Once I'm done with that, that's probably a four-minute process of... I also tap the sides to make sure there's no loose beans. So I, I tamp down once, tap the sides, then tamp down again, razor it, tamp it down again, make sure that's all perfect. At the end of that, I have a really smooth top on the coffee beans inside the porta filter and my cup which has already been heated and uh pulled through the espresso machine so the filter where the water comes out has been cleaned in that process of heating up my cup mm -hmm. the cup is now on top of the machine staying warm because the top of the machine is warm the entire time mm -hmm. yeah you then slot the porta filter in put the cup underneath hit that button for that double shot as you need and wait for the pressure bar to go up uh there's a there's a, a pressure gauge on my machine so i know if i pulled the shot right if that pressure is straight down the middle but you let that pull out that shot comes out i take the shot put it on the saucer put it aside and then i go clean off my poured filter and the rest of the machine and in that amount of time my coffee will have cooled down not a lot but it will cool down just enough that i can just sip it casually I normally still listen to the same music for this entire process. I don't know what it is. I did it as a joke one day because I, I was I was talking with one of my friends about uh, what would it be like to live out your life as like a, a book five movie villain. That's what we're calling it. Where like you have like the underbosses, but you have the like super boss like uh, Blofeld who's just sitting there doing his own thing. He's like, you have to make espresso while listening to opera music. And I'm like, okay. I'll do it. I'll have fun doing it as a joke. And I haven't stopped for months. You know, I kind of like that, though. Like, you get in a very certain headspace when you're listening to that kind of music. Yeah. And I feel like it goes back to, like, what I'm talking about. It's, like, trying to find these peaceful moments in your extremely busy existence now that you kind of want to maximize the amount of relaxation you get out of mm -hmm. it. And I also think that it's a, a precision. That, that, that music helps you find. How much total time do you think goes into making a cup of your coffee? Um, If I'm making it in, like, and I'm just going through my motions of making i'm not making it for someone who's over we're like we're having a conversation it is probably a 10 minute slow process because i'm not trying to be fast i'm not trying to be like a barista pumping them out so it's about 10 to 15 minutes to make and then consume or make and then bring the thing back down to my desk gotcha so it's it's not an overly long process but i can if i have people over i can pull out shots of espresso a lot faster i can just bump them out as fast as i need to yeah there's no reason to like in the morning if it's like 7 30 8 a.m and i'm making my shot to like the morning shot mm -hmm. uh, it's normally a macchiato in the morning macchiato in the morning macchiato in the morning yeah i know i'm excessive uh <laughs> but that that process is a bit faster that's not the yeah. sort of slow down because Normally after that, I then I make that 
make sure everything's set and then I go uh, quickly shave and get my clothes mm -hmm. off for the day. So I have that before I've even like really fully woken up. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then I do the rest of my day. So at this point in time, normally I'll be dressed. I'll like, I like wearing collar shirts even if I'm working at home, like collar shirts oh, and dress pants. I just, I, I love the feeling of a collar shirt. I just feel a lot better in me doing any form of action. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that sort of makes it so that I can't rush this process because if I do rush it, there's a chance I spill something. Yeah. So it sort of aids in that that slow down. And in the middle of the workday, like at midday people's lunch break, my lunch break, I just I just grab whatever I'm eating and I eat it at my desk while I'm working. Yeah. Like I'm reading through, got one hand on the scroll wheel, scrolling through stuff, mm -hmm. typing with one hand while I'm eating. So this is my real like break is this 15 minute little espresso moment that I have. Gotcha. Yeah, I kind of so. feel that. Um, if I, if slash when I get a job that I, that allows me to work from home a little bit more, I think I'd also probably like to try to get into a routine like that. I know when we move into our, our bigger place later this year, I think I'm going to look into getting an actual espresso machine. Just they to kind of continue to upgrade, upgrade the, uh, the setup, you know? If I get a new one, I'll just give you my old one. <laughs> you know, I won't say no. We don't That's want e-waste. Nice looking we machine. Wanna... Yeah, you know what? Damn straight. We don't want e. We don't support e-waste on this podcast. E-waste is bad, and even though it's sort of just waste and not e-waste, we're gonna call it e-waste for the sake of the podcast. I mean, it's the waste of electronics. Therefore, it is e-waste. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> By definition of its name, it is e-waste. It's not like motherboards being harvested for gold. Go driving to the market everywhere. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like even though we have two very different styles of coffee making, I mean, I, I'm still sort of a novice in this field of like precision coffee making, but oh my God, I there feel are like two I've, crows. no matter how long I make them, I always feel like a novice. There are two crows having a heated argument outside my window. <laughs> oh no, now the cat's meowing at them. <laughs> it's chaos over here. Um, but pretty much I feel like we get the similar enjoyment out of it where it's like kind of a mindset over the actual coffee you're drinking itself i mean the coffee mm -hmm. experience is certainly an aspect of it but i feel like we value it more for the headspace we get to enjoy while we're in the process and then enjoying the drink itself more than like the flavor yeah. or the, the the drink yeah I, I think that finding that there is that headspace for you is not something everyone will find i think that's why a lot of people like the the routine of walking to a coffee store mm -hmm. to get their coffee on a break. I think that that gives you the same thing that making your own coffee can in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But for me, that idea of walking to a coffee place to then order it just it, it doesn't feel the same. Yeah. No. I, I like, like kinda... I like the I like this. Uh, there's a science behind an espresso to a degree. Like, yeah, it, for there's, sure. There's that precision and that it doesn't sound right to say that, like having to worry about making sure you're precise is common. But there is that sense of it. Yeah, for sure. You know that your actions like if I know my tamp isn't right, that will impact the flavor. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't feel any point in time that I can rush be like, oh, I have to run to the store to get my coffee. It's like, no, I need to take my time. So having this at-home environment means I don't need to go somewhere to do it. I have more time to focus on that small part of it, that that the really uh, the low level of precision that I need to input. Yeah, I get you. Also, it allows me to use whatever beans I want, which is also nice. Yeah. Are there any beans that you won't use? Uh, I have I have had a bag of Starbucks beans at the on the back of my coffee station for over a year and a half now, and I refuse to even open them. <laughs> I don't yeah. even want to disgrace my grinder 
with Starbucks beans. Damn. I tried Trader Joe's beans once. Never again. Really? If I was doing a pour over, yeah, I'd be fine with them. I feel like that might come like, as a shock to a lot of people. I tried pulling an espresso with it and it didn't work. You- I got something out of it, but that something was not something i'd ever want to consume again gotcha you know i feel like that's another thing that's kind of important is like there's a lot of different ways of making coffee and some things work for some ways and some things don't work for others and that's kind of important to remember that it's a very not one size fits all practice well i think that 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 really hones into the fact that we have completely different methods showing that that uniqueness of a process to a person i think is in part some of the enjoyment of coffee going back to sort of the like origins of when coffee really helped like the the golden age muslim golden age the coffee house culture that goes back to the fact that coffee in part is about the experience yeah coffee houses would bring people together and force them to talk with the stimulant Mm -hmm. going from that to now there is still that part of coffee that's beyond the drink it's what that drink brings out in addition to it the environment the process, the people you meet, the the, yeah. uh, the search for better coffee, how you can travel the world and collect beans from all over and try them out. And you can bring a bit of another culture back with you. That yeah. that part of coffee hits with people. Similar ways to how tea, tea can come from all different places. But in comparison to like a, a soda, like Coca-Cola is Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, sure, you might have regional differences, but I don't think it's to that degree that the kind of drink that you have to craft whenever you want it would be yeah like i know like for school if i wanted to have caffeine and i needed a lot of caffeine to stay up i, I wouldn't immediately go to coffee i'd go to like a yerba mate yerba, uh-huh. i don't know how you say it, mate i've yet to enjoy a yerba mate <laughs> that's just I don't me know, though i like them yeah that's my inner white girl coming out um <laughs> uh, but like those were like if i needed caffeine to stay up to like 3 4 a.m for like the second day to do a project that's what i would go to but if i want to just stay up a bit i want to keep the focus that's when coffee comes in so you have that to me there is a difference between coffee and an energy drink oh yeah for sure where i i don't always think of coffee as the stimulant i think of coffee as the um the magnifying glass uh, yeah a that's a good way of putting like, it like yeah sure if i if i could consume a red bull and be awake for 20 hours if i really wanted to yeah you, you could but why do that when i could have a cup to? of coffee that hones me for like another three four hours just gives me a little sharpening on my skills that will then wear off eventually i know coffee doesn't caffeine doesn't wear off for like six seven hours but i feel like i i get three solid hours of sharpening from it and i can consume another one and not have to worry about eight hours of the you're sitting at your desk your hands like slightly shaking from the amount of caffeine and the red bull yeah yeah that's really no fun <laughs> no I, that's why I don't like energy drinks because I just I I jitter from them. Yeah, there's the caffeine uh, overdose of a sort. Yeah, yeah. You're just sitting there. You're shaking. You're like, I am not in a good state right now. <laughs> and then you're yeah. like, okay, I need to do something. Like I need physical activity. And then you start moving. You're like, I should not be moving right now. No, I I get that. It's been a, actually a pretty long time since I've had an energy drink. I kind of swore them off after college. Well, not college, but like high school. There's a coffee shop that I would get energy drinks from all the freaking time. And I think I just kind of went a little overboard and now I have to pay penance for it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like, oh, like not like ODing, but like over, over consumption of energy drinks and burnout from that is really easy to hit. Yeah. Some people can do it with no issue, but like if I have like two energy drinks in a week, I can't have another energy drink for the rest of the month. Yeah. No, I, I get you. But you know, it's been, also, a, they taste it's kind of an interesting yeah they do taste pretty bad it's an interesting though to look at 
how, you know, we've talked about a lot of tech. We've talked briefly about a lot of coffee, but now I'll just kind of sit down and explore uh, the coffee influence for the podcast is probably probably a good step. It's probably good that we got this. We're going to get this out. Yeah. Just to kind of have a, you know, it's it, we wanted to always have this podcast be kind of half and half. And I feel like this is going to help bring that equilibrium back into balance of like, yeah, it's a tech Definitely. podcast, but there's also a very a focus and an appreciation on coffee and what coffee does for us and how it continues to help us. So it's yeah. been a good episode. Good, uh, good topic, Miles. Uh, uh, so for with espresso shots, our our goal is for this to be a biweekly to offset the biweekly longer episodes that have been coming out previously. Uh, we had total full intention to get a long episode out today, but unfortunately, work scheduling and a few, a few other things just kind of prevented that. So we are hopefully going to be able to get a longer episode out next week, probably going back to a tech pod, a tech topic or having a guest or I don't know what's going to happen here. But we're going to hopefully try to figure that out. Worst case scenario, we have these shorter episodes to fall back on um, that we can just keep giving you guys little tidbits and insights into our lives, which honestly, you know, as like these episodes are coming out to be about a half hour long, still not a bad, a bad length, no, which is not length. like the two hours that we've been cranking out like previous weeks. Yeah, those are a bit extreme. That's kind of where we're at with that. So stay tuned. Uh, and uh, yeah, as always, leave comments, know, leave comments. If you have suggestions for topics, please let us know. Um, you can either comment on the episode or I, most of people listening know where to find Miles or I on social media or otherwise. So yeah, definitely let us know if there's any topics the listening base are interested in. Um, and uh, we'll get that going. But yeah, it's been it's been great. And uh, how was the coffee, Miles? The coffee? We kind of we kind of front loaded a lot of this conversation. We did front load a lot of the conversation. I I still stay with what I said at the beginning. I think that within the next two or three shots, I'm gonna really dial in my palate on this coffee. But I I am. I, I, I very much enjoy it. With almost every single coffee that Three Ships has roasted, I have enjoyed to a very high degree. This is nothing out of the ordinary. I just think the the minute enjoyment that you find within the coffee, I, I need to nail on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, that's just something that comes with uh, with time. Like I told you earlier, I think it has a more of an almondy taste with kind of a mango. Very, very. I, I get a little bit of the mango if I really put my mind towards it, but overall, pretty good cup. <laughs>